Another edition of Beat the Closing Number presented by TheLines.com. You can follow us on X at TheLinesUS. Follow me at Eli Herskovich. Follow Mo on Twitter at Mo Noir. Breaking down our individual thoughts for the two conference championship games, Ravens and Chiefs, and then 49ers-Lions. I have no idea why the NFC championship game is second to the Could much better you game. imagine not making Patrick Mahomes the main event? Oh, Patrick Mahomes is the main event. It's we'll always get to- Patrick Mahomes. What are you... <laughs> He is incredible as an underdog. And just a quick tease, 9-1-1 one, and one against the spread as a dog, 8-3 and three straight up. Chiefs, unless you've been living under a rock for the last 24 hours, are about a field goal underdog against the Ravens. But I digress. Mo not only was a good weekend for Kansas City, but a good weekend for us. 3-1 and one when it comes to our spread and total bets, 45-27 and 27 overall this season with our spread and Total wagers, I had the under in Ravens-Texans, under 45.5. You had the over 43.5, so we both cashed on that. How about that? I did. I I was feeling the middle coming. I I just was feeling the middle coming. I was just like, as soon as it hit 41, I was like, this has a chance. It's got a decent chance. And uh, I thought that I was cooked after the Ravens decided to go for fourth and uh three or whatever that was and converted, but they lost so many yards. Give your guys, give your guy his three points. Give Justin Tucker his points. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I like the positive attitude or maybe you would be super happy on this show. If it went the other way, you got a little fortunate though on the punt return for a touchdown because, Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Texans offense was not in good shape, which I kind of expected, but I still never dreamed they would get held to three points. I mean, that was, I I was a little bit bearish on their offense for sure, but just the way the Ravens have been playing in these games and, and, you know, I obviously just, it's still a very good quarterback. I thought they would still come close to their team total. I mean, it was like 18 and a half. Looking at our props, mixed bag of results. I lost on my Snee tackle prop over five and a half. He had five. So kind of sucked. If Stefan Diggs caught a couple more passes, maybe I would have hit the over on the prop. But then again, I would have lost my live Chiefs wager. So we'll get to that in a bit. Brock Purdy, Josh Allen, both going under passing attempts. Or actually, Allen going over, Purdy going over as well. You had the under in both. So yeah, what was those your were with reaction. Uh, not, well, okay. If so, obviously I didn't expect the 49ers to be trailing the majority of the game, right? (laughs) You know, when they're 10 point favorites. So that kind of sank that one. Uh, the other one, I feel somewhat justified in terms of like the way the bills attacked the chiefs was definitely what I expected. I thought there was going to be a ton of runs, but basically what happened in that game, the reason I lost that prop is that the Chiefs were too good on offense. They were scoring so quickly that the Bills just kept getting the ball back, and so they they ended up running way more plays. And Buffalo did a good job of milking the clock. It was kind of weird to look at Allen's uh, stats from last night just because the way the game script was going for Buffalo, I didn't expect him to have over 32.5 pass attempts, but he went way over <laughs> As it wound up, but you did cash on your two receiving yards, perhaps Travis Kelsey going over and Mike Evans 
over a plus money. I think you got what plus two forty something like that. Yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't aggressive enough. I mean, you could have even got better if I went up to like 120, 110, 130 type of stuff. I think he wound up around 130. I can't recall exactly. Yeah, so you could have got some really big numbers if you went even higher than I did. So uh, I I think I had the right idea, though, which was basically that Evans runs so many deep routes that like when he does go over 70, it's probably going to be way over a lot of the time. And that's exactly what happened. If you decide to tail or fade our bets moving forward, hopefully you tailed our spread and total wagers over the weekend and faded our prop bets, even though we weren't that bad. I think we actually finished in the green just because of your Mike Evans alt receiving yards over. Also, shout out to our guest. How good was Brad? He cast every single prop bet, I'm pretty sure. So make sure to give Brad a follow on X. But if you decide to just tail Brad the rest of the way, and not us, even though we've had a good season. You can use BetMGM promo code THELIDES, one word, to get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets with your first wager, assuming it loses. That's the lines, one word. And remember that bonus bets are not equivalent to real money. And as always, terms and conditions apply. So like I hit on, we're going to give our initial analysis on the two conference championship games here in a bit. I have a bet in Ravens Chiefs, and I'll be surprised if, or unsurprised, I guess, if Mo doesn't or does have anything for the AFC and NFC title games. But Mo, biggest takeaway from the weekend besides your bets to lead us off? Um, so there's a lot to take away for sure. Uh, I'm most interested to see where the Bills go from here. Um. They're in a really interesting spot in terms of like franchise building. And this is the kind of stuff that I just absolutely love, like just franchise building type stuff, you know, uh, off season machinations, what have you. Uh, I think I don't, I I don't think Stefan Diggs should probably be on the team next year. I I don't know what they're going to do with him though. Like his contract is pretty big. It's, 27 million cap hit, I believe is what I was told. No cryptic tweet yet, by the way. We haven't seen anything. I don't think he's worth that. (laughs) He's like semi-washed. He's in the Kelsey bin of semi-washed for me, where like they're still like pretty solid players, but they aren't stars. Like Stefan Diggs is not a star anymore. Second half of this, I'm, I'm, I'm not overreacting to one game either. This is just an entire second half of the season. He just did absolutely nothing. Sank one of my fantasy teams. Thanks, Stefan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, every time I saw him make a play down the stretch of the season, even like he always had a guy glued to him in his back pocket. He's not getting the type of separation he used to get. And he still can make tough catches like that one over the middle he had where he just pulled in a Josh Allen laser. That was an incredibly difficult catch, even though they really didn't like shine a light on it and replay it. It was really a tough play. Well, Jim, to be fair, Jim Nance and Tony Romo had a rough game. They're all rough with those two. Um, but <laughs> yeah, like, I just don't think he's worth what they're paying him. And next year, I, I didn't realize this was the last year that Josh Allen's cheap. So their team construction is going to look a lot different. I mean, everyone was throwing around that Mahomes stat last year when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, rightfully so, because it is showing how hard it is when your quarterback is taking up that much of the cap to put a good team around them. I don't remember the exact stat, but he was like, he's the first quarterback ever to win the Super Bowl 
over 35% of the cap or something like that. So it's tough. I mean, things are going to get a lot harder for Josh Allen. Now, that being said, Josh Allen is obviously a great player, so maybe he can handle that. But he hasn't gotten there yet. I don't think it's all through his fault. The only pretty bad playoff game he had was that Bengals game. But, you know, even Mahomes puked on himself once against the Bengals. It happens every now and then. So I think we can give him a pass for one bad game. You know, these other eliminate, like he loses, he scores 36 points. He loses to Mahomes. He loses to Mahomes again here. Now he played a pretty strong game overall, I think. A couple drops. Stats weren't great, obviously, but his team did let him down at times. The defense got just absolutely creamed. Bunch of <laughs> obviously. backups, but... So, yeah. I mean, I'm seeing like... Let me dig up this real quick. It was, I mean, the list of bills that are off the team or whatever, key free agents, what have you, Adam Schefter's tweet, Gabe Davis, Micah Hyde, Leonard Floyd, Dane Jackson, AJ Epinesa, Taylor Rapp. I mean, these are all like, like contributors, good players. I mean, the defense was very good for most of the year. And, they can't lean into the style of play that they played against the Chiefs in the regular season. Like the beating that Josh Allen would take doing that is untenable, I think. I know that they ran the ball a lot down the stretch and quite successfully. But this sort of caveman ball, it, it's it's a it can work in a one game thing, a couple games here, maybe an entire playoff run. I just don't see how you can get through an 18 game regular season like that. So I don't know what's gonna happen next year. I think Khalil Shakir is a solid player. I think Dalton Kincaid could be very, very good. So they still have some pieces. It's not like the cupboard's bare there, but I kind of feel like the Bills are going to be an overvalued team going into next season. Yeah, and just, I mean, we'll see what happens with the receiving core. You brought up Diggs and Shakir. And just to kind of add on to your point from the beginning of that, didn't crack, Stephon Diggs didn't crack over 40 receiving yards in his final six of 10 games. And he had that drop. You mentioned that. My he, buddy sent me one, a tweet that Sh- Shakir had more, or I think more exactly the same yards and catches than Diggs since like week 10 or something. I mean, that's yeah. crazy. Could have put Buffalo in a position, probably would have put Buffalo in a position to at least go up on their final possession and way earlier in the possession if he had caught that ball right in the chest, right in the hands. I mean, you have to make that catch if you're an elite upper echelon receiver. And then you brought up time and time again during that rant, Josh Allen just played a great game, undoubtedly. But the couple of gaps that he had on their last two pass attempts, you have to hit digs over the middle. It, rather than going to Shakira, I think it was in the end zone. I know that would have been a touchdown if Jones didn't get contact, but I still think you have to make that throw. Because it would have continued to drain clock, which is what the goal was of that drive to not let Mahomes touch the ball again. Yeah, and then that fumble too. We should ding him for that as well. Obviously, that that could have been the game ender very easily, um, but they got lucky there. Uh, but yeah, overall a good game. I mean, he still played a strong game. If the de- if the defense sniffed a stop, I mean, they could have won the game. But Mahomes, I mean, the Chiefs punted. They didn't punt until like the mid fourth quarter. You just can't win like that. And last thing on Bill's Chiefs, so actually a couple quick tidbits. 
I don't know if Sean McDermott had a bet on DeMar Hamlin, comeback player of the year, but the fake punt, like, what are you doing? I I didn't think that was that crazy. I, I would rather just line up and run a play. Yeah. But the, but the way the Chiefs were moving the ball, like, what, what does punting really get you there, right? I'm just like, the, the Chiefs are going to score in six plays instead of three. I mean, their defense had yet to get a stop at that point, I think. Right. And then Miko Hardman fumbling through the end zone that I'm assuming that rule is going to get, I don't know. Uh, I I guess on the surface, I think it could get changed a bit, but also Matt Nagy, what are you doing? Just run the ball with Pacheco. Yeah. I mean, he was crushing the entire game. Like that was Steven was definitely shouting him out. And, and yeah, my buddy texted me as well. Who's a chiefs fan about how good Pacheco was. And he was very good dude. He, People forget that that Bengals game last year, he was like a hero in that game. He had multiple long runs after catch where there was tacklers all over him. And and he's he's been a big time playoff performer for the Chiefs and doesn't get probably as much love as he should. Um yeah, that rule, I'm gonna get on my soapbox for a second. Don't fumble. Don't fumble when you're near the goal line. I mean, I I love this rule. Every rule in football is for the offense now because they want every game to be 28-27 for fantasy jerk-offs instead of <laughs> football where there's stops. Give one rule to the defense. What is wrong with this rule? Don't fumble. All right. I kind of disagree just because I think the rule is dubbed to begin with, but I get your point. Every single rule pretty much aligns with the offense, especially. I, I will actually, I was pretty happy with the fact that we did see, speaking of calls that go against the defense and maybe shouldn't, zero flops for Mahomes and Allen all game. I thought well, they were going to get, that's true, zero <laughs> sacks in the game. But I, on the flip side, still, at least we didn't get any flops. The NBA doesn't mean that there isn't contact or that there is contact when there is flopping. So at least Allen and Mahomes didn't just wind up on the ground for some odd reason. But really quickly, Mo, take away from me in Bucks Lions or probably something that should have happened down the stretch. See, I kind of went back and forth on this because I don't know if the Lions would have continued to drain clock and snap the ball a little later in the play clock had Todd Bowles called a timeout earlier on their final kneel downs, but the Bucks had one timeout with 37 seconds left, 14 seconds on the play clock. Jared Goff kneels it. I don't know if Bulls didn't recognize it or it was agreed upon up until that point that, okay, the Bucks weren't going to use their final timeout. And then the Lions were kneeling before the last second or two before the play clock expired. But that was pretty egregious, man. If that wasn't the case, how do you not give your defense special teams a chance to block the kick, block the punt, whatever the Lions would have decided to do, right? Yeah, so I'm going to be honest. I stopped paying attention once they did their first kneel down. Like, I just assumed, okay, if a team is kneeling, obviously there's going to be no time left. <laughs> so I just, And now I'm seeing it all over Twitter, like today and last night. So I, I didn't see this when I was watching the game. I just looked away basically after they got the first down and, and got in victory formation. Yeah, this is very odd, but it's also odd that the Lions were snapped. I think, like you said, they snapped the ball with 14 seconds left. I don't know what was going on there. Maybe there was like some kind of gentleman's agreement that the game was over, but it seems weird. That's why I thought everything on X was kind of overblown because Bucks had one time out in their pocket 
before those kneel downs even started on first down, second down, et cetera. So I kind of have a hunch that it was agreed upon or cross field handshake, air handshake, whatever you want to call it. But either way, and then and we both backed the Bucks. Lions were the right side, but Jamel Dean, A, the dropped interception on the Lions' first drive with points. That was because Baker threw a pick and the Lions got the ball on, I think, plus territory. And then once Dean got hurt, by the way, he allowed two receptions for 14 yards on seven targets. Then in comes Zion McCollum as your number two outside corner. Carlton Davis was barely targeted all game, I think. And McCollum gave up five catches, 56 yards, and a touchdown on five targets. All of them pretty much coming on that touchdown drive for Detroit that made it a two-possession game. So that put the game out of reach for our Bucks. That's And even though we had Bucks plus six, I was hoping for a push, but Todd Bowles going for two and then running a fade route on the two-point conversion attempt, I didn't really like that either. Yeah, that was interesting because that was going to affect the spread. <laughs> so, um, yeah, a lot of people were sweating that one. Um, yeah, I, I just kind of this this game kind of went how I thought it was gonna. I mean, the the Bucks were able to move the ball pretty consistently through the air, but at the same time, they really didn't have any answers for what Detroit was doing. I mean, fifty five percent success rate that is very high. Sixty two percent success rate running the ball. This Detroit offensive line is so strong. I mean, they just they they just provide the basis for everything they do, and uh, the Bucks just didn't really have an answer. They they didn't really. I mean, two sacks of Jared Goff for ten yards. It's just it's not enough, you know. And, and he was able to be efficient, and the Lions just he did got everything. the ball out quick. That yeah, was very the key. efficiently overall. So, you know, the Bucks did outgain them. I, I, I was impressed with the Bucks game plan. I thought they came in. This is a a, st- a staff at times that has run the ball too much, especially on early downs. Uh, do they? They had thirteen. They had thirteen handoffs to running backs in this game. So <laughs> that's exactly what you need to do in this spot. You're a big underdog. You're on the road. The other team has dreadful outside corners. So good for the Bucks for having the right game plan. But yeah, they just made more mistakes than the Lions. Baker Mayfield could not, and the Bucks offensive line could not handle those slot blitzes, slot corner blitzes from that Lions defense. Brian Branch, I think a couple times. So that to me was one of the bigger differences in the game because. Baker looked inept in those sequences. Like you said, Bucks out gained Detroit. Tampa Bay easily, I'm not lamenting here, but they easily could have covered the game if the Dean pick happens, which was right in his hand. So I'm not, we're not talking about an interception that could have gone one way or the other. That should have been an interception, maybe even a pick six. It seemed like there was an open lane for that. You have the missed field goal. You have the missed two point conversion. So I wasn't super upset after the game, but you kind of just flop your hands in the air and say, whatever, Bucks could have covered. Didn't happen, right? Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you have a plus six and a half dog that <laughs> outgains, and, and, and I think, I'll check real quick what the exact number was, but I, it was seven point something yards per play, I believe. So 6.8. I mean, that's really strong, obviously. So, but, but the, Lion, the Lions offense is legitimately great. Like, it is, and we'll, we'll talk about that with respect to the Niners. That's going to be a, it's a really fascinating matchup. Yeah, let's break down the two conference championship games without further ado. Starting off with the AFC title game, though, my Ravens, not a Ravens fan. I have those 25 to 1 
Super Bowl futures going back to May, but they are your Kansas City Chiefs. You've been a KC diehard forever, I think, and doesn't affect your bets, but still a Chiefs fan. So a little bit of a rivalry on the show. I don't think this matchup is a rivalry. Maybe if it continued and they played more often, especially in the playoffs, but Bill's Chiefs kind of toppled that with some of their great playoff games, including last night. So looking at the point spread for this game, it's anywhere between an expensive Ravens three and a flat minus three and a half. Keep in mind the spread opened Ravens minus two and a half, but got back up pretty quickly and total is 44 and a half opened 45. So a little bit of money on the under, at least from the get go going back to last night, Kansas city, obviously winning outright covering as a two and a half, three point dog. We didn't mention the pass missed field goal for Buffalo, but that obviously happening on their final possession. And by the way, Kansas City's second half unders are now 17 and two this season. I don't know if that continues against Baltimore, but pretty wild. And this continues the streak of AFC championship games with Patrick Mahomes and or Tom Brady since 2010, every single AFC title game has come with one of those quarterbacks. And like I mentioned, Mahomes elite as a dog. You hit on this or at least alluded to it, 9.35 yards per pass attempt against those Buffalo backup defensive backs. There are some key Chiefs injuries, though, which I want to hit on and in part as to why I have a Ravens minus three, juiced minus three ticket already, but I bet Ravens minus three, and you can find that bet in the Discord channel where all of our NFL bets are. Link is over at thelines.com in the top right-hand corner. First off, Joe Cooney, the Chiefs left guard, right peck injury, didn't allow a single pressure last night against Ed Oliver. Then you have Willie Gay, next stinger, and safety Mike Edwards in concussion protocol. So I make this closer to minus four, minus four and a half, especially when you consider that the Bills closed minus two and a half with all those injuries. I think this line is a little underinflated. And going back to that Ravens-Texans game on Saturday, Lamar faced a career-high 75% blitz rate against Houston. 13 of 18 in those instances for 120 passing yards and two passing scores and got rid of the ball a second quicker in the second half. So that was kind of in line with the conversation that we were having in the discord channel over the weekend with Todd Munkin and Lamar adjusting in the final 30 minutes against that Texans pass defense and just what Houston had cooking for Lamar throughout that entire game 65.6% passing success rate was the fourth highest mark of Lamar's career this is where I kind of see an issue now I know the Chiefs have an elite pass defense which I'm sure you're going to touch on here in a moment but this Ravens zone rushing scheme is elite. They ran all over the Texans. And you couple that with the fact that the Chiefs may not have their best spy at linebacker and Willie Gay on the field against Lamar. And going back to that Bills-Chiefs game, Buffalo utilized six-plus offensive linemen on 21 snaps. Now, the Ravens don't necessarily run six linemen, but their tight end, especially if Andrews is good to go, is an elite run blocker. And with those sets that Buffalo had offensively, Along the offensive line, season high, 55.6% rushing success rate. Chiefs have allowed a top five EPA per carry this season, including the playoffs. On top of the fact that when you look at Mahomes, while he's been elite going up against an elite Ravens pass defense with Marlon Humphrey, assuming he's back in the lineup. So 
I like the Ravens, to say the least, man. I'm not hedging on my Ravens futures, and I'm betting a little more on Baltimore at a juiced minus three. I'm assuming you're going oppo here. <laughs> you're a lunatic, but I I love the heart. I mean, <laughs> if it was me, I would what just heart? sit on the, If you add more when you already have all that Ravens equity, that's all the heart. I like the matchup. Uh, I mean, I there seems to be some real tug of war on this line, for sure. Like... Sharps hammering the Ravens at minus three and then Sharps hammering the Chiefs at plus three and a half. I think that's right. I mean, I, to me, it's understandable. I think the Ravens probably should be minus three. I, I can't agree with giving Mahomes the hook. I, I just, they, they do have some edges though. Extra day of rest here as well. You didn't mention that one and some, the, the Chiefs injuries, I think it's a little overblown, to be honest. So that the defensive injuries, I'm not too concerned about. The Chiefs have really good depth uh, in their back seven. Like they have good backup linebackers and 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 safeties for sure. Like Shamari Connor came in and was playing pretty well in that that Bills game. So he's been a surprise. This is just another random Chiefs. They just keep clicking on these six, seventh round DBs and just, they just come in and contribute. I don't know how they do it, but they're doing it. And we saw that last year with Watson and a couple other guys, but overall, I think the concerning one is definitely Joe Tooney. I mean, that guy is an all pro level performer. If Patrick Mahomes, he already has some not very trustworthy tackles. (laughs) Like they got beat by Greg Rousseau several times yesterday and it was just Mahomes making things happen um, and just navigating with adding in some interior pressure could be the breaking point where we've seen the one time Patrick Mahomes absolutely got his ass kicked in the playoffs was when he had four backup linemen against the Bucks. So there is a breaking point where there's too much pressure and even Patrick Mahomes can't do anything. We'll see if the Ravens can can reach that point. I'm a little bit skeptical that they can, but yeah. It, Matt Abike, man, with the way he's playing and the rest of this Ravens front healthy, keep in mind too. They're just a way healthier team overall right now, for sure. Like they just have almost all their guys. Right. So no bets for you on this game, it sounds like, unless well, you already took a Chiefs juiced hook. No, I actually, though, I, I'm going to be on the over here. I think I really like the over 44 and a half. It's down to, I, I really liked the over in chiefs bills. And I let our good buddy, Rich Ryan talk me out of it. And I'm sad now because I think it was a really strong play. I mean, I know that like the offense wasn't crazy for most of that game, especially with how the bills were draining clock but how efficient the Chiefs were. I mean, the game still flew over and, and there could have even been more scores. I mean, imagine the Bills make that field goal and then the Chiefs, you know, come down and, and kick the game winner or whatever. You're talking about almost 60 points. Like, I just think these quarterbacks, and yeah, I am very skeptical of these Ravens playmakers. I have been all season, but Lamar is just doing enough. And I would welcome any Gus Edwards or... Justice Hill run that they want to try. Believe me, I know that the Chiefs stink against the run, but this is just the story of the Chiefs since 2018. Everybody tries to run. They usually just get overwhelmed by too many Patrick Mahomes touchdowns. Not last night. Well, 
that they still did. I mean, <laughs> but they ran the, I mean, they could have won the game. Yeah, That's my they point. They could have, but the, the right team won. I mean, the chiefs outplayed the bills and I think, I just think the chiefs are going to score. Like how can they not score every single, so the chiefs, they have an average of 31 points per game with a median of 31 points per game. I looked this up earlier in the, in the playoffs, like, Yes, I know they were not as good this year, but this is January Patrick Mahomes, and he is clearly, clearly turning it up another notch. And I think the staff is too, man. The the season-long numbers just don't do this current Chiefs passing offense justice with the volume as well. Like They're leaning so far into the passing game where they were so much more run-heavy, I think, in the regular season, but they're just putting it all on Mahomes' shoulders, rightfully so. I mean, look at how good Pacheco was and they still gave him 15 carries like he he was very good like he got 97 yards I think it was with it but the Chiefs are the Chiefs are riding Mahomes as far as he's going to take them and I think they're going to at least score you know 24 points here or whatever and and you're the Ravens are favored and they have a strong offense themselves and I was I didn't dig up the numbers again because I did last time we did the show and this is why I ended up betting that over once it dropped to 43 and a half, like I was talking about. But the Ravens, the Ravens have been an overs machine in the second half of the season. I mean, this passing game is clicking in a way that it wasn't during the start of the year when I was very skeptical of Todd Munkin. I know you were high on him coming in, and that looks justified now. But it was pretty rocky for a couple. Their, their passing offense was not very good for the first half of the season and has been much, much better down the stretch. And I, I just think, I, I know these defenses have just kicked ass for a lot of the season, but this is just the time of year when these elite quarterbacks are taking over. There is a slight weather concern, I think. So some rain potentially, and maybe some wind as well. I, do, I just trust Patrick Lamar and, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson to to score some points here. I mean, 44 and a half. I'm surprised that this total is this low after the shows these offenses have been putting on. I mean, why can't the Ravens probably could have scored 50 if they wanted to keep trying against uh, the Texans. The one counter I have, and by the way, I don't blame you for combining Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson there. Are the Chiefs going to consistently score on every single possession? And before you counter... The way they did against a banged up, ultra banged up Dolphins defense and a banged up Bills secondary, to say the least. And going back to my point, this Ravens defense is healthy at all levels. And if Baltimore can run the ball, I know you may be a little bit skeptical because James Cook is definitely a better back than Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, and Dalvin Cook, if you want. These guys are so unexciting. (laughs) But the the pace is there if Baltimore can run the ball because they play at a slower tempo to drive this game under, is my point. Yeah, I mean, I I just think how efficient these quarterbacks are, though, it's going to be tough for these defenses. I, I respect these defenses. I mean, I've been skeptical for the Ravens all year. They just keep doing it. And and we know that the Chiefs have an elite pass defense, like you mentioned earlier. Um, but yeah, I just trust these offenses more. And I think there's going to be, you know, more than 44 points scored. I, I thought that the total was very, a bit too low in the, the Bills Chiefs game. And we saw what those quarterbacks do, man. I mean, these guys are just so hard to stop. This is not CJ Stroud. And what I think it was a very, by the end, one dimensional Texans offense that is just, if CJ Stroud isn't hitting Nico Collins, then then you're just completely fine with anything that's happening on the field, basically. I mean, I know there's outlier 
you know, plays like Brevin Jordan taking a dump off 80 yards, but like this isn't repeatable, you know? So you're just completely fine with any play that isn't Stroud hitting Collins down the field. And and that's, I just, that's why I just, even though I, I wanted to love the Texans, I just couldn't get there because I just thought that that was too easy of a target for McDonald and this defensive staff. But this is Patrick Mahomes. I mean, this is, you, you can just watch the games. I know that the, there's defensive injuries, but he's making every correct decision and just dotting throws. I, I mean, you can't really play the position better than he's playing it right now. We'll break down the game on our second episode of the week here on Beat the Closing Number. More thoughts from us, but so far, no bets for Mo. Maybe a little bit of lean towards the over. We'll see if he plays it on Thursday's edition of Beat the Closing Number. I have a Ravens bet in at minus three, minus 115. And if this somehow dips to two and a half, I will certainly be adding to my Ravens position, even with those futures, Mo. All right, on to the NFC Championship game. You have a juiced 49ers minus six and a half, minus seven, minus 105 in San Francisco's direction, depending on the book against Detroit. Total of 50 and a half. We haven't touched too much on, or if at all, the 49ers so far. And just going back to that 49ers Packers game over the weekend, Kyle Shanahan coaching to lose, especially at the end of the first half. And if you look at Brock Purdy in poor conditions, his catchable pass rate dipped 11% from his season average in clean conditions against the Packers in that rain. But he came through on that last drive. 49ers didn't cover, but winning outright. And Brandon Ayuk, heck of a catch, heck of a throw on that third down to continue on that possession, ending in a Christian McCaffrey touchdown. By the way, we were talking anytime touchdown odds for McCaffrey earlier last week. I think he closed (laughs) minus 320. Wild in that betting market. I wonder what his price was for two touchdowns. He got there. Right? He did. That's a good good point. I'll dig into that before Wednesday's episode. Debo, 50-50 to play on Sunday night. Maybe you want to touch on that. What do you make of this matchup, Mo? 49ers lines. Really fascinating one, I think. Because um, both teams have been so tough to read in some senses. Like, I, I just... What, what are the 49ers? I mean, they looked like the best team in the NFL by miles for multiple months of the season. And... Now I'm start we're starting to see some like legitimate cracks here. I mean that performance against Green Bay was not very good. I know that like the final stats were pretty good, but they could have been a lot worse. I mean, especially if Brock Purdy, this guy, I don't know what gods he prays to, but they favor him for sure. Okay. Multiple interceptions dropped, multiple interceptions that could have been pick sixes especially that first one i mean that was isn't he just jogging in on that one i mean i'm struggling to remember exactly where they were maybe like around their own 30 but it looked like he had a clear lane to just jog into the end zone there if he caught that one so he earned worse than probably what the final result was there like i know you thought the packers got lucky i think that the 49ers got incredibly lucky so maybe both sides had some positive variance in their favors but I think those drop picks were just as big as it gets. and But then you look at this matchup. I mean, I, I don't know how the Lions are going to get one stop in this game. I mean, they, they just allowed Baker Mayfield to throw for 350 yards, 7.1 yards per attempt dropping back. What are they going to do against Shanahan? I don't know. The Bucks had the right plan, like I said. So what if the Niners have the right plan? I mean, they probably will. Their staff is sharper than the Bucks staff probably. But then you have some concerns as well because... Once it gets to in-game coaching, 
I expect Dan Campbell to add way, way, way more value than Kyle Shanahan, who is clueless when it comes to game management, as we saw yet again at the end of the first half of that Green Bay game. That was embarrassing stuff from him. Meanwhile, Dan Campbell is a lunatic, which when you're That's good a for us. large road underdog, that plays into your favor, I think. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There's mismatches everywhere for the Niners' favor, though, on offense. I mean, we, we saw once again Cameron Sutton beaten like a drum. We called it multiple weeks in a row. This d- group of Detroit outside corners is as bad as it gets. The staff, I don't know if they don't think they can make an adjustment or if they are just refusing to make an adjustment, but whatever is going on, they are not making an adjustment because these outside receivers are killing them week in and week out. Brandon Ayuk is very good. I I don't know how Detroit is going to get stops in this game. I mean, you have George Kittle against linebackers that can be good in coverage at times, I think, but they, they, get lost at times as well. Um, and even McCaffrey, like I, I know the, the lions have a great running defense, but I mean, McCaffrey is the best running back in the NFL and he has the best rushing scheme probably in the NFL backing him as well. Saving grace in this spot is going to be on the other side of the ball. The Niners are 17th in pressure rate. I mean, despite their additions, they only got to Jordan Love a few times, I thought. He still had very good pockets. I, I thought the Packers O-line did a great job in that game still. So if Jared Goff has clean pockets, I mean, why can't the Lions move the ball as well? I, I think this could come down to like who wins the yak war a little bit. I was looking up. So the Lions, I feel like they just get a lot of value out of run after the catch opportunities. Amon Ra, Gibbs, Gibbs especially is terrifying. That guy is a next level athlete. Even when you look at him on an NFL field, he's just popping off the screen. So they they are sixth in total yak this year. 49ers, they do have Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner, obviously, two elite linebackers. They have the seventh best tackling grade overall, according to PFF. So that jives with what my eyes tell me. This group takes good angles. They tackle well. So that could be a, a big pivot point here. I think the Lions also need to take a lot of deep shots. So one prop I'm going to be looking up. I haven't had time to dive into props yet, but I think this could be a big uh, Jamison Williams game. We see these safeties do get beat, and, and I'm guessing they're going to try to get Charvarius Ward sometime on Amon Ra here. So I don't really trust these 49er safeties. And uh, ba- I, I basically what I'm saying is I, I think the weak point of this defense is the DBs outside of Ward. So if they can get Jamison Williams on a couple deep shots here, that could be the difference as well for the Lions. Overall, I kind of thought this line should be seven, and this one had some tug of war as well between six and a half and seven. Seems to be settling back at six and a half, but the juice is high on the uh, on the, the 49ers side. So not rushing to bet it for sure. If it was like six and a half or six flat, I think I'd probably I think I'd probably bet the Niners. I doubt it gets to six flat, but we'll see as the week goes along. I don't think I'm going to have any bets on the spread or total for this game. Maybe a prop. I like your Williams look, although I've been expecting Jamison Williams to have a big game pretty much every game this season. I feel Not that like he hasn't broken out. I feel like he's been a little bit more involved the last couple of weeks. He has, but in terms of betting his 
receiving yardage over or whatever it was. I think I, I really liked his matchup against the Rams. Didn't come to fruition, but because Amon Ross St. Brown still got a hunk of the targets. Going back to your point about golf against pressure, which we've driven home ad nauseum. Goff with the second highest EPA per drop back with a clean pocket this season, 18th ranked EPA per drop back under pressure. Now there are two variables that could come into play. A, you may not have Jonah Jackson at left tackle or left guard in this game, got hurt against the Bucks in the first half, and their backup allowed a team high seven pressures on 28 pass blocking snaps yesterday. It's not good. And that's, not very, couple, that's not very good. <laughs> not very good. And the 49ers have put up a 40.1% pressure rate on opposing dropbacks in 10 games with Chase Young. And then on the other side of the ball, Lions have allowed 7.8 yards per play and 6.8 yards per play in their two playoff games. The higher of the two yards per play outputs coming against the Rams. So they have gotten torched in both games. You mentioned Baker against that defense. Vildor and Sutton have gotten exposed, assuming rain isn't coming down at an above average rate like it was so that was another thing when i wrote up the weather article that this also plays into the lion's favor absolutely perfect conditions it looks like basically no wind 70 degree day in san francisco wow but that also benefits purdy yeah it does but i just think it benefits the lions more because we know what jared Goff looks like in bad conditions outside so would you potentially be considering an over here? I mean, it's already so high, though, in a game where, like, there should be... Like, both teams love to trust their rushing attack. That That's the biggest thing that's that would keep me off this over. But it, it's hard to see too many stops in this game, though. It definitely is. Yeah, I know it sounds kind of cliche here, but to most point, total is, seems like it's priced correctly. I'm more so focused on spreads. I make this one closer to six and a half. Anytime you get a number like this, it definitely scares you off of betting the favorite just because golf could conceivably backdoor this number. And especially with you mentioning the plus matchups the Lions have offensively, potentially assuming golf has some cleaner pockets. Although I would definitely look into the Jonah Jackson injury news and we'll touch on it more so on Thursday once practice reports come out over the course of the week. But if you're looking to back the lines, I know you said that cleaner conditions benefit Detroit, benefit San Francisco also. But if Detroit's offensive line isn't healthy, that is a major net negative for this Lions offense and golf in particular, especially when it comes to making mistakes. Yeah. And, and we should mention Frank Ragnow as well got, got banged up and definitely like did not look like a man who was close to hundred percent. I mean, credit to him for gutting it out. But the way he was moving was not, to my extremely amateur eyes, <laughs> looking like a healthy football player. Uh, so, yeah, that is a concern. The thing about the 49ers is they trust their defensive line so much, like more than anybody. They never, ever blitz pretty much. So uh, that is like a major, major battleground. Like if, if the 49ers have to start bringing some heat because they're not winning up front, which is definitely conceivable with how strong this Lions offensive line is things could get a little bit wacky in this game Mo any last words about Jason Kelsey and his shirt off and all those camera angles towards him and Taylor Swift that was tremendous when he dove into the crowd and was slamming beers with the the plebs you had to love (laughs) that you had to and 
Hopefully this is the end for the Taylor Swift run. I know you don't want it to be. I definitely want it to be with my Ravens futures and my Ravens bets coming up on Sunday. But yeah, I mean, credit to you. I mean, I've been skeptical of the Ravens all year, but they just keep doing it. So I I think it just has to be a lot of credit to this coaching staff. I don't think this roster is as good as they've performed. So to me, at the end of the day, like I, I mean, yeah, they got very lucky probably a lot this year, like in the sense of just a lot of stuff lined up for them, you know, and it's crazy that we're here. And and just the Ravens are the healthier team after last year, but but that's, they are. But that's the point I had coming into the season, and it's not like positive variance always flips in this direction for a team when they undergo so much of the opposite end of the stick. But Baltimore did over the last couple of years injuries aplenty on offense and defense, and they're finally getting the other way in a in a positive sense this season. And quarterbacks in the division in particular. Whether it's Deshaun Watson, <laughs> literally Pittsburgh. every other starter goes down. Right. Yeah. Burrow. I mean, the Bengals got a ton of positive variance when it came to injury luck during their last two AFC title runs. Yeah. And that's what I mean when I say like a lot of stuff lined up for the Ravens, but you still got to step through that door. And they did, you know, all those doors opened up for them and, and they did. And they just, and I just give a lot of credit to this coaching staff because I don't think this roster, particularly like I say every week, I feel like. I don't think the defense is as good as they've performed. And I don't think this pass catching core is very good, but <laughs> Odell is surprisingly doing it. So I'll give him credit. I, I will say I have to root for Odell. I have to root for everybody who tears their ACLs, especially multiple torn ACLs as a fellow multiple torn ACL person. <laughs> Keep doing it, Odell. That's in most contract. You have criticized him and then some this season so i'm proud of you well i just i just feel like how how can he have anything left we've seen him look like a shell of himself before like when he was in cleveland and just i don't know i thought maybe he was done right i mean you had to think that a part of it was like poor coaching poor chemistry it seemed like with baker mayfield but he's been looking legitimately good at times this year i will say like there's definitely times where he's a ghost but uh you know for him to even get to this point after those surgeries and pushing 30, I think at this point, probably uh, you gotta, you gotta tip your hat to him. All I hear are excuses. And for more of them, you can follow Mo on X at Monar with two W's. You can follow me at Eli Herskovich. If you're looking to make any bets before our Thursday edition of beat the closing number, you can use promo code, the lines with BetMGM Sportsbook. First time users get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet loses, promo code the lines one word. And remember that bonus bets are not equivalent to real money. Terms and conditions apply as always over at thelines.com. You can get our bets, top right-hand corner Discord channel. It's free. Get all of our bets in real time. Subscribe in the rules section and read all of our stuff this week. I'll have betting guides up. Mo will have his weather guide up this week over at thelines.com. So if you like what you heard, or listen to, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite podcast, and give the video a thumbs up if you're watching us on YouTube. Every single thumbs up and five-star review helps boost the show. So for Mo and for myself, Eli Herskovich, thanks for watching and listening to this edition of Beat the Closing Number. Good luck on your bets, and we'll talk to you on Thursday.